0: Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hey friend, today we are going to talk about why lyric rhyming is totally unnecessary. Um, and the reason I want to talk about this is if there was one piece of feedback that I would have for basically everyone who's ever showed me a lyric and anybody who's come up to me and been like, Hey man, I know you write music and, uh, I just wanted to show you this, uh, that I've written and see what you think. And the only thing that has been absolutely universal from the people's lyrics who needed a lot of work to the people who, were, who had a really good lyric, but um, it was just something that seemed... Um, there, was, there was something that sort of identified them as, as new to this, I guess, um, was rhyming. All of them seemed to think that they needed to rhyme. Rhyme. And to me, at least, it was obvious when reading the lyric. So, we're going to go through three reasons why it's important to understand that rhyming is totally unnecessary. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's totally unnecessary. So, the first reason is that it so often can just be shackles that sort of inform your lyrical decisions more than it should. So... The second you lock into a rhyming scheme, right, so say you have an ABAB rhyme scheme, the second you write that first verse, or whatever it might be, with that rhyme scheme, you're now committed to that, right? So if you've rhymed the first line and the third line, and you have the second line, and in the first verse, or in the first part of the verse, you rhymed A, B, A, B, you know that now with the fourth line, again, you need to rhyme with whatever the last word is of line two, which is not necessarily a problem. But sometimes you get into a situation where you are just like, Ugh, you know, what rhymes with orange? You know, <laughs> nothing. Or, or, you know, maybe it's a word that has some rhymes, but all of them are just obvious, right? Like you had light, and now guess what? You're going to rhyme with night. Congratulations. You did the same rhyme as everybody else. Now, again, that's not necessarily bad, right? You know, sometimes things are used a lot for a reason. So, for example, night and darkness are often used to mean bad things in for symbolism. And you know what? It's never really going to get old because it's kind of a universal principle. The sun rises every day. The sun sets every night, and most, if not all, humans seem to have this ingrained fear of the dark in in them. Um, so because it's so real to us, it's never really going to go away. So my point is not that that is bad to use light and night to rhyme. But sometimes we have that sort of thing where you're just forced into a rhyme. and And really our goal here should be to write a great lyric, right? You want to mean every word you say. You don't want to be just forcing yourself to write something that isn't really precisely what you want to say, but hey, it rhymes. Like, that's not what you want, right? You you want, you want want to say exactly what you mean. And we already, when we're writing a lyric, need to worry about syllables, right? So... You don't necessarily need to do like, oh, 10 syllables in the first line and then 12 in the next and 10, 12, 10, 12. You don't necessarily need to do that, but you have a melody, right? And your melody is probably going to have the call and the answer and your melody is going to have a certain amount of notes. So there's really not too much that you have there to work with once you have that melody or once you have these syllables, You know, you might be able to add an extra syllable, slip one extra one in or take one away, maybe two. But for the most part, you're committed. If you have nine syllables in your first and third lines and your verses and 12 in the other ones, like you're not going to be able to go that far from that. And so you already have that constraint, right? And that's that's a constraint that's really not going to go away. You can't really help that part. Um, cause music is, it's just so ingrained in it to have that call and answer, to have that rhythm to it. And you're already worried about writing meaningful or memorable lyrics or catchy lyrics or whatever, whatever you're going for in this particular song. And you're trying to get a melody that just fits with these words and just marries up with these words. And and the music and the lyrics are truly communicating the same thing. So you already have all these things to worry about. So now to add on top of it, worrying about rhyming is just one more thing. And it's so constraining, too, because you might think like, oh, so many words just rhyme with everything, Right. Like, yes, there are probably a decent amount of words that rhyme with whatever word you have to rhyme with. Probably. But you have to keep in mind that depending on your melody, you're also constrained how many syllables that word can have. Probably. And you also might be surprised how few useful words rhyme with whatever word you have. So... If you want some examples, just go to rhymezone.com, which is a great place for finding rhymes if you are rhyming in a song. And if you just go through some words, you might be surprised by some words that you would think, oh, I can just write this word and I can rhyme with something meaningful easily enough, right? And, you know, there's like seven usable words with one syllable, five usable words, two maybe, and then three with two syllables. And so you'd be surprised. And in general, I think most of us can agree, we want to free ourselves from rules that constrain our creativity. Right. And we already have a bunch of rules to work with, right? We write a song in a particular key Um, For the most, you know, our our song has to sort of revolve around one story or one theme. You know, one song doesn't usually talk about your breakup at the same time you talk about your grandfather dying, right? Like those two usually aren't going together. So you already have these different rules and constraints. Another thing is we don't want a crutch. And rhyming can so often be a crutch, where it's like, I don't really know what to say next, but I know what word I have to rhyme with, so let's just rhyme, and if it works, great. Which is not a trap you want to get into, because then you might have some lyrics, and they rhyme, and they just sound so good, but they might not actually mean anything, or they might not mean precisely what you want to mean, then you might get into some problems where your lyrics kind of just don't make sense or you have a random line in there where everybody's like, what does that have to do with anything? And that's, that's not what we want. So reason number one, again, is that it so often can be shackles that inform your lyrical decisions more than it should. So what's number two? Number two is that it can make a song overly predictable or feel like it's unoriginal. So let's go back to that light and night example. You ever have that time where you're listening to especially a pop song on the radio or whatever, and you hear a certain line and it says, you know, night. We'll use this example again. And you just roll your eyes cuz you already know what the next line's going to be or at least you know where it ends. And then it happens and it's unbelievably predictable and you just roll your eyes and are like, "Come on, re- really?" And then if you're anything like me, you might mumble something about how, you know, a 12-year-old can write better lyrics than what you're listening to right now. And A part of the use of a rhyme, right, is to give that familiarity and memorableness, right? Because a rhyme sort of helps in the back of our mind to remember lyrics, which can be very good, right? Most people want to imagine people can sing along and remember their songs. But you don't need a rhyme for that. And it it can help, which is, again, I'm not anti-rhyming. I'm just anti-forcing a rhyme. Um, but there's such a fine line between familiarity and unoriginalness, right? So normally I would say that often when somebody accuses something of being unoriginal, it's just it's just their excuse to hate on it. Um, there are certainly things that are perfectly unoriginal, but there's nothing new under the sun, right? Like you, you're not going to make up a new musical key for this, right? You're not going to... Even though a seven chord is like never used in in most, most music, because it just sounds so bad. A minor seven and a major key, just or sorry, diminished seven and a major key almost never sounds good. There's a reason why it's not used very often outside of, say, classical music, where due to the, the uh advanced compositional nature of it, they they can find ways to make it work. But in your average song, it's just it's not gonna work. And there's such a fine line between familiar and what I just talked about with people rolling their eyes, right? Like, let's let's take what can be very divisive in Star Wars episode 7. Now, depending on who you are, um you either are confused right now, in which case go watch Star Wars, it's great. Or You either rolled your eyes because you're like, oh, that movie was a carbon copy of episode four, blah, 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 blah. Or you're rolling your eyes because you're like, oh, so many people I hear complaining that it's a carbon copy of four. But it's not. (coughs) So one lesson to take from that is you're never going to make everybody happy. But the second thing is so. So you get into the movie, right? And there's a girl who's an orphan. On a desert planet. Which you might not even notice or care. That, oh, well, Luke... Was basically an orphan. And he was on a desert planet. And, oh, look. This character, like Luke... Just magically seems to have crazy force abilities. For somebody who's never been trained. And you keep going through the movie and there are other things that are like that you may or may not notice are are sort of parallels to four and depending on your perspective you might see them more or less how i see them as parallels and not copying there's a difference there parallel is intentional and to to draw a point um but then if you're like me you get to star killer base which is basically Death Star 3, and that is the point at which you roll your eyes and say, really? Really? Because just then, the familiarity just went too far. It went too far. And you may or may not agree with that. You may think it even happened earlier than that. But the point is, there's a beauty And I think a lot of us enjoyed some of the familiar things and Easter eggs we got in 7. Before it just went too far with Death Star 3. Like we've had two Death Stars. It's enough. We don't want any more. Please stop. And other examples of this is food, right? If you think of like what's the most popular Chinese foods? Pork fried or whatever fried rice, right? We as Americans are pretty used to rice. We have white rice in a lot of stuff. And lo mein, hmm, it's basically like Chinese spaghetti. It's not, I would take it, well over spaghetti, but has that familiarity. What do kids really love, or maybe even a lot of us adults too, sweet and sour chicken, which is basically the Chinese answer to chicken fingers, right? Everybody loves the stuff that's familiar but different, Right, if you just go to a restaurant and it just says cheeseburger, you're like, really? Just a cheeseburger? Meh. But if it says something like, I don't know, something just too far, like raw beef burger, then you're like, ew, that's gross. What does is, it what is matter with you? But right in the middle, right in the middle, where you have some fancy, like, you know, deep fried chicken burger which is literally just a burger with chicken tenders on top, which I've actually never seen at a restaurant, which is kind of surprising now. Somebody should steal that idea, and I will go to your restaurant. Um, Right? And all of a sudden, everybody's ordering that, and that's probably the dish you're known for. You just took two familiar things and put it together in a way that nobody has before. So there's a fine line there, because if you just add a little bit too much craziness... People leave, right? You can add an egg to a burger, and everybody's like, oh, that's so cool. You add bacon to a burger. Everybody's like, oh, that's so cool. You can add one different cheese to a burger, and everybody's like, oh, that's great. You can add barbecue to a burger. Oh, that's great. But if you add too much, like, say you add lo mein to a burger, all of a sudden everybody's like, whoa, too far, man. Too much. And rhyming's the same thing. Or familiarity in general, really, is the same thing. You want it to be familiar, just not too familiar. It can't just be a regular cheeseburger. You gotta have a fancy or different sauce on it. But it's has gotta be a sauce that's familiar. It's gotta be like a mix of other sauces I've had before, all together. Or maybe put an egg on it, right? I like eggs and I like... And I like burgers. They're both familiar to me, but the combination's not f- not familiar. And we're really the same for everything, whether it be movies, as I mentioned, or or um, food, or your lyrical familiarness, your the 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 rhyming, how familiar it sounds. Um. So, reason number one, again, it can often be shackles that inform your lyrical decisions more than should. Reason number two, it can make a song overly predictable or feel like it's unoriginal. Number three, and this is my personal favorite, and if so far you have rolled your eyes at me and said, Joseph, you're insane, and I don't know why I haven't turned the podcast off yet, here's my favorite one. No one will notice or care that you don't rhyme. No one will notice, no one will notice, no one will care, it is only one tiny part in the scheme of all the different pieces that come together to make a song work. Now if right now you rolled your eyes or you thought that's not true, tell me right now, your favorite song, does it rhyme or not? I bet you can't answer that question. I bet right now you're thinking about it. You're singing it in your head, or you're singing it out loud, and you're trying to think, hmm, does it rhyme? Because you did not know off the top of your head. You might have guessed off the top of your head, and you had a 50-50 shot, but you did not know. And it's your favorite song. So it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter, friend. It does not matter. So don't force a lyric, because you. It, nobody will notice... Nobody will care. It doesn't matter. It's more important to write a great lyric, to get a lyric to marry up with the melody in a great way, to have a good arrangement. There's so many other more important things to your song that you can't ruin your song by forcing a rhyme. No one cares that it doesn't rhyme, and people will probably never even notice. Cause again, you didn't probably even know just now when I asked if your favorite song rhymed. And it's your favorite song. There's so many ways to make or break parts of a song. The flow of the chords, the flow of the melody, lyrics that don't work syllables lining up, transitions between song sections, instrumentation, vocal performance. So many other parts are just so much more important and actually matter that to put those all aside, just make sure you get a rhyme to work, is just silly. Don't do it. Don't do it. I want, I want you to write some great lyrics I want you to be relieved of your shackles. Write a lyric that you mean. And if it rhymes, great. If you can make it rhyme and you're not compromising what you want to say, great. If you look at my songs, I have songs that rhyme. I have some that don't. I have some that do. I have some that only do for the chorus, but they don't for the verses, or they do for the verses and they don't for the chorus, so they just do for certain parts. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Just don't force it. If there's one thing I want you to take from this, it's don't force the rhyme. It's not as important as you think. So, think of it like this. If you're still not convinced, if by some miracle you actually did know off the top of your head whether or not your favorite song rhymed, I have an example for you that we're going to talk about. It is like eye color, right? In the scheme of however good looking you are or somebody is with your height, your weight, your facial characteristics, your hair, other factors that are going to kind of come together to make your appearance, right? And make that appearance that each individual person will decide how attractive or unattractive it is to them. Rhyming is like eye color. It's just that little asterisk that might be a bonus, but a ton of people won't even notice. Most people will determine whether they think you're good-looking or the most beautiful girl they've ever seen or whatever it is before they even notice your eye color. Right? Whether you have blue, green, hazel, or brown eyes, it probably doesn't matter. It just... It probably doesn't matter. Now, sometimes... Like for me, it's a little more obvious because I have pretty dark hair and I have blue eyes. So it sticks out a little bit more. Um, but so and some people who have like jet black hair and, and, and blue eyes, like, yeah, that's going to stand out more. But for the most part, most people, if, if you were to just say, say you're at work or wherever you are, can you tell me off the top of your head what color eyes even your coworker you sit next to every day has? You probably can't, but you probably can tell me whether you think they're good looking or not, right? You probably can tell me, oh yeah, that, gr- that girl at work, she, yeah, she, she's, she's pretty. I like talking to her. Do you know what color eyes she has? Maybe, because you already have determined she's pretty, so maybe you've spent more time thinking about it and looking into her eyes. But it's amazing how much time you can spend looking someone in the eyes as you talk to them and never notice their eye color. My own wife, I believe we were dating for months and we had known each other for two years before then. We'd been friends for a while. And she didn't know what color eyes I had until I think we were dating for a couple months. And it, it, so it just doesn't matter, friends. It just doesn't matter. Um, your rhyme is going to be the same thing. People aren't going to notice. It doesn't matter. You may think it matters whether your eyes are blue or hazel or whatever. And you know what? Some people might be like, oh, you have such beautiful hazel eyes. You have most beautiful, rich brown eyes. But for every one of those people, you have a 100 people who've looked at you, have an opinion of how you look, and couldn't tell you at all what eye color you have. They don't know. And it's the same thing with your rhyming. It's the same thing. They're not going to know. They're not going to care. So, let's go over the three. One last time. Rhyming can often be shackles that inform your lyrical decisions more than they should. Two, it can make a song overly predictable or feel like it's unoriginal. And three, no one will notice or care. No one will care. So, why'd I talk about this? Because I don't want you to be shackled. I want you guys to write great lyrics. And I don't want you to be coming to me or coming to another songwriter with your lyric, not feeling good about it because you know you're forced to rhyme. I don't want you to have that feeling. I don't want you to feel this burden of, oh, I need to rhyme. I don't want you to have that feeling. I want you to be able to celebrate writing a lyric that you really wanted to write because you have enough problems with syllables and other things that really are more necessary to get right, to get what you're trying to say right, that you don't need the extra burden of a rhyme. And if you can rhyme, great. If you can rhyme and say exactly what you want to say, perfect, awesome. But if you can't, with this particular song or it's just it's just too much of a headache you just can't quite get it to work don't worry about it it doesn't matter there's a million things in your song that matter your melody your music your lyrics overall how well it flows the arrangement when it comes to the recording what kind of piano part you have, whether your hook is catchy or not, whether your hook is memorable or not. The rhyming doesn't matter. So friend, please, please don't force the rhyme and go out and write some awesome lyrics. Thanks for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 proven ways to start writing a song at songwritertheory.com freeguide free guide. Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.